Hello and welcome back to Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. I am your host, Keith, and today we're going to be talking about downtime activities. So, last episode, we had some lovely little uh, stories that told us a little bit about and gave us a little bit of examples about downtime activities. But I wanted to start this episode just discussing the bare minimum and the general idea of downtime in tabletop role-playing games. So what is downtime? Downtime is that period of time, that moment between the large arcs of an adventure. Whether it is they just got back from diving deep into some ruins, or they just faced off against a very powerful adversary, they need some breaks. And these are where downtime activities come into play. Downtime in general is meant to give your characters a sense of living in the world and interacting more on a day-to-day basis with what is going on and who is present in the world. It's not just hopping between adventures, but supposed to make them feel like they live and maybe have to plan or work through what just happened or prepare for the next thing to happen. This period between adventures oftentimes can take place as a single session or maybe even between sessions. But... All in all, it is about that ongoing story when, you know, the the major events are maybe not happening. And as I mentioned last time, we are going to be talking a little bit about how three different RPGs handle downtime activities. And so those three RPGs that we will be talking about are Monster of the Week, which is based off of Powered by the Apocalypse and similar systems, Dungeons and Dragons, simply because of just how popular it is, and one that I might not uh, have a lot of listeners who have played before, and I actually personally haven't played before, Torchbearer. So, why do we want downtime activities? We want downtime activities for a variety of reasons, not just bringing people in and making them feel a part of the world, or even giving them a break. But it is also a chance for you, as the storyteller, game master, or dungeon master, to figure out kind of what the next steps are. Is somebody else making a play? Is there something else going on that you can start to drop little hints about or kind of guide the players through? And the players may just want something that is a little bit different. But... That first part I mentioned, the guiding of a next step, that is actually one of the primary purposes for a downtime activity in Monster of the Week and Powered by the Apocalypse systems. These are often considered something called a love letter, wherein you may receive between sessions a letter or have a conversation in a bar with somebody, and it oftentimes serves as both a time skip period, while continuing the story and making sure progression is not lost, to make sure that players understand that they're still in this world, but also can provide hints or clues as to the next thing that is happening. 
One of the ways that I have seen this work out really well in Monster of the Week is with a group of people that are some sort of secret agent type anti-vampire group. And each time between major hunts and major sessions, they often go back to the same place. They often visit their same general haunts and they might get rumblings of something new happening or a veiled threat from an enemy that they thought vanquished, or even something as simple as a free drink that they were not expecting. And each of these can lead them down different paths and different arcs in the next phase of the story. That is generally how Powered by the Apocalypse systems handle this, and many times these kinds of downtime activities can be the introduction to the next session, or even just a text message or something on Discord even, between sessions. And honestly, in today's, you know, world, and with many of us who like to play these games, having to balance playing and being dedicated to a ongoing campaign with our work lives or our family lives, it's nice to not have a session where we're not really, you know, focusing hardcore on the story itself. And so having these occur as individual letters or something over text can be a, a nice way to continue the story and let us hit the ground running uh, when we do play again. That's not necessarily how Dungeons & Dragons ha handles it. Uh, it can be much the same. You can do letters or clues or simple barroom conversations in those downtime moments, but oftentimes it's better to do them in person, in character, or even just in text, which again can make, you know, the time that we are at the table all the more valuable to the players as well. But for Dungeons & Dragons, if you've got the Dungeon Master's Guide... There's actually a whole section about what to do between adventures. They provide several different options for many of their characters, anything ranging from uh, investigating rumors or mysteries or going to parties or even opening a business. All in all, there's lots of suggestions in the Dungeon Master Guide for Dungeons & Dragons, but... It really does come down to what you, as the DM, want your players to get out of the downtime activities and what your players really want to do. Many players may not be interested in opening up a bakery or something as silly as that, but then there might be others that are all about, well, you know, we've got all of this extra money. Let's open a bakery in town and make it the best bakery we can. And suddenly that becomes their major downtime activity. And it can be the way that you can continue the story. This bakery has become well known as the hideout and major business endeavor of a well-known bunch of heroes or adventurers. And so people may stop in for a cake, but also to just try to get somebody to take care of a little lich problem that they've got going on in the tower over there. You never know. It could be as simple as they all want to start their own businesses, and then you can give them each individual little tethers and clues and hints and watch as they kind of come together into fruition. You can give your villain a way to hurt 
your players and drive them towards some sort of revenge story. They really got invested in that endeavor. And whether it was baking or smithy or even just a warehouse, when the villain burns it down, they're going to want the villain's blood. That's one of the major driving forces of downtime in D&D, is there's a lot of ideas and a lot of what you can do. There's even outright rules about, you know, spreading rumors and trying to depose politicians or getting involved in the underworld and criminal activities and trying to get that next adventure, that next heist. And it can be fun to watch as everybody has their own idea of what their downtime activity should be. And you can build different quests off of what they try to go for. You never know when maybe the rogue happens to have connections to some criminal organization and they need him to run a heist for them. And he pulls in his compatriots and the next thing you know, this paladin is having some sort of real conflicting problem where they're stealing from a bank and, oh no, what is going on? But these are the friends that he's sworn an oath to trust and protect and they've all decided to rob this bank what do they do and where does that take them in the next steps of their adventure so really for dungeons and dragons a lot of it can be tailored and i highly recommend reading through that section in the dungeon master's guide if you have it um if you do not i just recommend just reading through some general ideas on what people might do between adventures as well. Because all in all, giving your players options, and suddenly they'll run with it. Um, So that can be your guiding force for them in the world where they've got a touchstone to come back to between these major adventures. And that can even be as simple as they've got an adventurer's guild that they're a part of and they love to hang out and then do little things with them. You never really know, or they might make one or anything like that, but you never really know until you give them the option. And so it can be very important to play into that. Now, that said, again, it is your game. There is absolutely no need to always include these. And if your campaign is about this grueling, ongoing quest, and they just cannot find that moment of respite, then that's fine. That's your campaign. Maybe their downtime activities, if there are any, are as simple as foraging for berries because they just can't get enough food. Now, the other one that I wanted to talk about is the Torchbearer series. I've never actually played this, but I have had it recommended to me as a RPG that has a lot of... uh, downtime activities as rules, or just general ideas. So, what is Torchbearer? Torchbearer itself is a riff on the early model of fantasy role-playing games. Generally, you all take on the role of an adventurer seeking their fortune. To earn that fortune, you have to explore ruins, brave terrible monsters, and retrieve forgotten treasures. However, it's not necessarily about being a hero. It is about being an adventurer. It's not about fighting for what you believe. It is about exploration and survival. You may become a hero, but you're not right now. And you may have to fight for your ideals. 
but that's not the general goal. But in order to do either of these things, you have to prove yourself first. You have to venture into the wilds and brave these ruins and monsters. There are no jobs, no inheritance, or other opportunities for a deadbeat adventurer. Your survival is dependent on your life in the wild. And so, Torchbearer includes multiple phases in how the game is played. Oftentimes, these are simple, like, survival and investigation and exploration phases, and then a diving into the ruins and even a combat phase. But there is one phase that we will be focusing on, which is the town phase. The idea is very straightforward. Uh, whenever adventurers have delved into ruins or gone out to slay monsters and recovered treasure, they always return to town. And here, they rest and they sell their loot. However, the execution is pretty complex, but in general, it works pretty well. Players often build up a lifestyle cost, which means that the more that they take on, the more that they have to pay. And this introduces an interesting idea of choices. Do the players make do with sleeping in the stables or outside? Or do they spend their riches on wine and food and a comfy bed? That's expensive, though. And you never know when that extra coin might be necessary for the next adventure that you're going on to, for the next time that you need a little bit of more tools. And beyond that, coin is also important for preparation. It can be the end-all be-all. It's what you need in order to research your next adventure and find out what's going to be waiting for you. It's also what you need in order to buy your supplies so that you can survive out in the wild and against these monsters. Honestly, you can do more than one thing. You can rest and relax, or you can investigate, and you can have that same kind of control that you can have in D&D, but it's got a dedicated phase. There's a dedicated part of the game where this is known to be the focus. It's a little bit different where oftentimes dungeon masters may not include a, you know, a, a downtime phase where you can do anything you want. They may not even include the idea of you could go out and research the next thing that you're going to go into. But Torchbearer includes that as a dedicated phase, as I said, and has these kind of mechanics built in. It's oftentimes very interesting to see players as they explore how they can balance their own character's comfort as opposed to knowing and getting the edge in their next adventure. Honestly, it feels a lot like um, how to prepare for a dungeon dive. It gives players the opportunity to plan and prepare without overwhelming them with too many options. However, there is a downside in that this town phase is baked into the rules and the system itself, there is generally a uh, an overabundance of checks and mechanics that go into it. 
it's very likely that they'll have to pass a lot of tests in order to just recover and purchase items, as opposed to just, yeah, all right, you take a long rest and you can just spend this money and get it for that price. Uh, and oftentimes, adventurers need a lot of supplies in Torchbearer and they will suffer a lot of injuries. And so not being able to rest, recover, and purchase can be a huge detriment. And so sometimes in this system, a dedicated town phase can be detrimental in itself just because the players happen to go about it the wrong way or just have bad luck while they were in town. And that can be the end of an entire party. That can result in just they didn't have the supplies and they were still injured and they went out into the next dungeon and it just caused their demise. Which, not exactly what you want, but as long as it is part of the game that you're running, it can be interesting. That said, this also depends a little bit on the GM. Uh, the GM has to balance these checks and what the players can get as opposed to how difficult the next dungeon is going to be. Too little treasure and the players cannot purchase the supplies that they'll need for the next one. Too much and they can purchase anything and everything they want and go in and just wipe the place when they get back. Additionally, the same can be said about injuries. If there's too many monsters and too much in the way of injuries being held by the adventurers, resting can just end up taking so long or just not being so effective that even an easy adventure after that could could just result in a TPK and there's nothing that could be done about it. But there are ways around this. You could always include things like loan sharks, for example, or somebody that's offering maybe not the best deal, but they'll let you stay in their house if you do a favor for them that might not be above board. You may just have to uh, give up some of your treasure and it goes towards, say, a criminal organization. Or maybe your next adventure becomes something different like a heist. You never really know, and it can oftentimes be a sign of desperation, which can be interesting in a game like Torchbearer. Alright, well, I hope that that kind of gives you an idea of how these are baked into some systems. Now, what could you do with downtime activities? Well, the answer is really anything that is not your grand adventuring party scheme. You know, if it's not the major portions of your quest, it can be a downtime activity. If it's information gathering, or a party that maybe leads to the next thing, or maybe even just, hey guys, you guys are out for like a week, We just tell me what your character's kind of doing during this week, and I'll tell you how it goes. And it can be a, wow, cool, the characters are still doing something even though we maybe can't meet. And then we can kind of pick up with, this is what happened to you, and this is where you're all at, and now you're kind of reconvening, or you got a letter or something, and we're bringing you back, and now you've got to kind of parse through everything that happened during your downtime. So really, the limits and possibilities of downtime activities are just don't make it super integral to the quest itself. Maybe 
help it along or provide leads, just don't make it the major aspect of this arc. Don't make it a climax, don't make it leading into something big like that, don't make it a part of the major adventure, make it a hook. Alright, well I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Running the Table. As always, if you have any stories that you would like to hear or share, please send them my way. Same thing with questions. If you have any questions at all about any tabletop role-playing game, I will do research for you. I will help you out, and I will share it with everybody else, or even just for you. Just send those stories or questions or even comments to rttpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send them to me on Twitter or Facebook, where I am at Running the Table. And as always, I wish you all the best of luck in running your own tables. <laughs> <laughs>